Hey everybody, I'm Eric Tornberg, co-founder, partner, Village Global, a network-driven VC firm. And this is an episode of Venture Stories, where we deep dive on all topics relating to tech and business with some of the world's leading experts. This episode is about community and is with two of the world's best community builders, David Spinks, CMX, Ryan Hoover, Product Hunt. Yep, we talk about how to build communities and how to build businesses around communities, the differences in building communities online and offline, what not to do when building communities, and how to run a company with a focus on community. Ryan and David, as you can probably tell, have both been friends and collaborators for years, so it was a lot of fun recording this episode, and I think you'll enjoy listening. All right, here's Ryan and David. We are hanging out here in the Angelist office, which is uh, significantly upgraded from the old Product Hunt digs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of things today at a high level, uh, specifically around communities, all things community. The first question I want to ask these experts is, can a great community be replicated? You think of something like Product Hunt, you think of something like Reddit, think of something like, like Hacker News. Could one go out and compete with, uh, with one of those communities today? How do you guys think about that? All right. Uh, Sphinx is motioning to me. so uh, <laughs> You can uh, take this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Ryan, uh, for those that don't know my voice. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because in my mind, communities are, the best communities are very much organic in some ways and very authentic to the team and the people building them. And in many ways, I would say if your strategy is to directly replicate Reddit, it's probably not the right lens to look at it. However, if you're also targeting maybe a similar audience to Reddit, the way I would approach it really is how do you, what's the wedge or the way for you to kind of build some sort of connection between this audience and maybe even what technologies now exist that enable you to do that that didn't exist before. So this is just a wild idea. Like what if what if it was an audio-based community? Right. So it's all audio-based. People now have Alexas in their, their home, Google Home devices and whatnot. How do you build a new experience that, Reddit doesn't provide for that audience today and allow them to connect in a different or unique way. Um, so voice is one way, uh, you know, maybe AR technology can enable something new that the Reddit type of community or audience would like to explore. Uh, that's sort of the way that I would think about it because it's hard to compete with incumbents if you're directly targeting right. the same audience. So in a few years, if Reddit is sort of displaced in terms of their, you know, they have hundred million monthly actives today, it won't be because there's something else that looks like Reddit in your opinion, it'll be because it's something different. Maybe it's uh, Anchor or maybe it's Breaker, just like yeah. some different medium. Yeah, there's – Nuriel has this uh, – I forget the name of the blog post, but he talks about platform shifts and investors oftentimes look at platform shifts as opportunities to create new businesses and communities. Um, and so when new things like mobile, for example, when mobile came around, people shifted their attention from desktop web experiences to mobile and that gave you know Snapchat an opportunity to exist, Instagram – and many others because the behavior and and the way people were using the technology was so different right. than existing incumbents. Yeah. So how would you how do you think about that now as an investor with with the weekend fund? You invested in Breaker. I mean, how, how do you just think about broadly investing in communities? And maybe you could talk about one or two that you have. Yeah, yeah. I, so it's funny. I kind of have been looking at a lot of different companies now and having a lot of fun exploring different industries. I've naturally gravitated towards community based products um, just because it's something I'm excited about and passionate about have experience in. And for me, communities can provide 
so much value and defensibility in many ways. Actually, I tweeted something earlier today after Facebook announced yet one of its kind of, I mean, they launched something called customer chat widget or something like that, basically to compete with Intercom and other uh, website chat tools right. and services. Um, so, of course, there's been a lot of talking about like Facebook copying competitors. Mm-hmm. I tweeted something about, you know, communities provide a lot of defensibility against incumbents and against the big players because it's not something you can just, just directly replicate. Now, they might have an impact in your business, but they, they can copy your product, but they can't necessarily copy your culture and right. the community and the people that are using your service and whatnot. The question that always comes with the communities is, is how big can they get? How big do they need to get? And when it becomes a certain scale is the is what made it that initial community, uh, you know, tainted in some way. It, there's a diff- I feel like there's a difference between companies like Airbnb or Salesforce or Yelp that are like marketplaces or utilities and have sort of a strong community, strong brand. And then things like Hacker News and Product Hunt, which are essentially in, in its first iteration, communities more than they are utilities. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, how, how do you guys think about, um, like, if someone just, you know, communities first and foremost in their ability to be significant venture backable businesses, or should they be? What do you think, Spinks? Um, I mean, to build on what you're just, what you were saying, it's like you can't, you can't copy a community. You can copy the products, you can copy the features, but we always look at communities as something that's uh, a big, like it brings defensibility to a company. Yep. Um, now you see examples where like Facebook copies Instagram and, or they, or they cop or Instagram copies right. Snapchat or any of these things happen, right? And now everyone's looking at that graph of, of, of Instagram surpassing right. and like <laughs> destroying Snapchat yeah. stories and so, like, they, they, the culture is different, right? The culture on Instagram stories right. is different from how it is on Snapchat. They couldn't replicate that. But there was something unique about the platform and the new, like, way people are using video that they were able to – that in its own was interesting enough to be able to replicate it. Um, but looking at something like Reddit, uh, the – Technology is not in any way what right. makes Reddit. Like right. Reddit will admit itself that like we should probably right. update this design. Yeah. I mean, so is, is Reddit like a freak accident? I mean, it, like we've seen, you know, almost a hundred people try to create like product on Forex, right? Like no one's really made it work, right? Like are these are these just accidents? Are they, you know, like well, when you when when companies try to build communities or when somebody starts a new community, we always say it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of just like a product, and you're yeah. trying to find community market fit. Yes. And so it's no more of an accident than launching a product that ends up being extremely useful, and a lot of people buy it or use it. It's the same thing. It's like there are different things that make a community unique. It could be the topic itself. Yep. Um, and so if you're looking at replicating hacker news, you could say, okay, well the topic is you know, tech and startups. So uh, the the people in it are generally like developers, a lot yeah. of that stuff. So, okay, you could create another platform, focus on those things, but why would people switch over? What's unique about what you're creating? Um, you can look at platform. Right. So that's where you could say, okay, well, the features on there are, there's a lot of room for improvement. Maybe, yeah, we can use audio instead of the, the way Hacker News works now or, uh, just build unique features that are going to make it a unique experience. It could also be culture. Maybe right. you might say Hacker News is kind of a negative place. Right. We want to do the same exact thing, but make it all about positivity and right. change the culture. So I don't, I don't think you can replicate a community, both because one, people aren't going to go to yours because it already exists, and two, 
communities form so organically from yep. that seed and then they grow and like form all these nuances that you, you're right. just not going to be able to replicate. But what you can do is create a unique experience for the same topic or for the same group of people by just tweaking one of those things, the culture, right. uh, the technology, something that makes it a unique experience that people are looking for that they can't get now. Right. I think it's interesting. You find a lot of people who are building early communities. Um, you look at uh, our friend Allison building tech ladies or, or mm-hmm. communities. You look go back to what Product Hunt had, you know, sort of a small but sizable and substantial and really valuable community. And the question, you know, inevitably becomes, you know, do I raise money? Do I scale this? How do I think about that? And then, so I'm curious for your, you know, when you guys see communities that are sort of approaching that um, inflection point. Because what often happens if, if they try to scale it, their initial users are no longer sort of served by the mega users. I'm, I'm curious, like, and maybe that's the difference between communities and social networks. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious how you guys think about this. I mean, I, I, one quick point is that, like, distinguishing between a community and a community platform right. so, um, is important. Elaborate on that. So a platform is you're looking more at the technology and the space within which communities can form. And a lot of platforms start off as communities. So you might say Facebook started off as a community for one school, and then as they scaled up, they became a platform. Reddit was one community for – it started off with developers, one page. And then as it grew, it started launching subreddits and and all these new communities formed, and it became more of a platform. A platform seems more like it can reach venture scale because you're not limited to one identity, one group, one community. Um, a community itself, um, I don't know of any communities that are uh, venture backable really on their own unless they become or try to become a platform. Like Product Hunt in many ways has always had the intention of, okay, how do we grow this? How do we reach new verticals? How do we expand this beyond just like this intimate group of people? Um, and we, we talked about this recently, how actually – on product hunts, like the initial community in the beginning, it was very much about this like intimate group, and now it, it is a little bit more. Um, a lot of people use it as a utility, and it's like part of the process for launching uh, a company. And a lot of the power users on there are really, really active at using it, but not necessarily interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. And so there's still community elements there, but it's not the same thing as when it started. Let's talk about that evolution from a community to community platform in the context of product hunt. We tried to expand in different verticals mm-hmm. with varying success in, in each of the different verticals. And I think what we found is that each one is its own sort of like new startup, its own new yeah, new community. Totally. So I'm curious if you can go back to that time, would you what would you do differently or would you just do something differently altogether? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of learnings there. So uh, you know, our expansion into books, games, podcasts was it was premature in that we didn't need to try to expand to those audiences yet at that time. And we also, frankly, didn't design the product to facilitate these communities. For example, Reddit does a great job in that each subreddit is sort of its own island. Like you can go to a subreddit and never visit any other part of Reddit and find people that you can connect with. For us, what we tried to do was to put all of that under one umbrella. So create these this gaming community, but like shove it into the more tech-centric, like original mm-hmm. product hunt. And as a result, you know, some people love tech and games. Some people only like games. Some people only like tech. So we're kind of forcing, trying to force these two communities together. And in hindsight, the product design just wasn't there to facilitate that kind of expansion, really. Mm. Um, So there's a lot of So that's super interesting. Like, I never thought of it this way, but Product Hunt was built for a specific 
kind of interaction, the way you post a product and you vote on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Reddit or Facebook, they're just like open conversations, mm-hmm. which can lend itself to like wide verticals. Whereas like because yours was so customized, it made it a lot more valuable for sharing products, mm-hmm. but a lot harder to replicate for other Verticals. Exactly. Yeah. The the expectation that people came in and, and new product on ads, it's harder to uh, change that dramatically for different verticals as well. So when we introduce podcasting, for example, there's a huge opportunity. And this is actually why I invested in breakers. Like I see the opportunity in helping not only podcast creators get discovered, but also consumers find great podcasts and they're taking it from like a community based uh, angle. And, you know, for us, we created this podcast vertical in this page, but you go to Product Hunt to discover products and you're not ready to be listening to podcasts. Like you don't go there with that expectation in that context. So while the opportunity is there, the the product itself and the context just wasn't right. Uh, and I think that's that was a learning and that as you're kind of expanding into different communities, each community has different expectations, maybe even a different like mode of using your product. Podcasts, you're like, at the gym, that's when you like listen right. to podcasts or like in the bu- on the bus or on an Uber or whatever. Uh, very different than maybe when you're at work and you're like discovering new products and seeing what's new in tech. Right. And so for pro- if you go back to the time, would you have doubled down within maybe launch ship sooner or would you have redesigned the product so that it could fit more verticals, more interesting, but maybe risk some of the, you know, what made it so effective in the tech sector? Yeah. I mean... In hindsight, would have doubled down on tech yeah. and actually not expanded specifically into those other categories. Um, that would have saved us some time and allowed us to actually focus more on that core kind of use case. And at the end of the day, there's hundreds of millions of people that work in tech. Right. And that's just the people that work in tech, let alone the people that use tech is everyone who has an iPhone. So yeah. like, it's not like we ran out of users <laughs> like, right. to target. Like, we're, We still don't have 100 million people on Product Hunt today. Right. But it is sexier, and maybe we all fall prey to this, to say it's going to be Product Hunt for everything. You know, yeah. we tech now, imagine, every, you know, we look at Genius, yeah. Rap Genius, right? Mm-hmm. We figured out in, in rap, and then we figured yeah. out in music. We're going to be genius for fashion, and sport. we're going to take the whole web. Yeah. And two years later, and we we all you know, we're all friends. They're like, okay, not music, but music is actually pretty huge. Yeah, um, but it's just sexier to be like the whole world. Do you think that's <laughs> yeah. influenced by this VC ecosystem oh, of, of having to become a massively valuable company in order to be considered a success? A million percent. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is, but at the same time, it's. <laughs> If you, because like to your point, genius can focus just on music and that's still a massive yeah. industry. Like who doesn't listen to music? Right. So it, in some ways it's, there's a, a belief I think that, that I had that, oh, we can replicate this model across all these verticals. And yep. the, the, the hypothesis and like the, the opportunity is still there. I believe that gaming needs a better place to discover yeah. and engage and build community around, but shoving it and basically creating multiple startups under one domain and one community is really tough yeah yeah i'd almost imagine that if you created if you almost started from scratch with each of those you might have actually seen a different result you know we we talked like eric and i talked early on like do we create different domains game hunt movie hunt um you know i always kind of wonder like what would it look like if we went that direction the reality is team is small we only have so much we can do at one time so if we uh, uh acquire like the hype machine or something yeah, like, yeah. Like people who are already building those communities and yeah. doing it really well. Um, music, by the way, is something that you and I like both. Like, yeah. we're, like <laughs> I love yeah. music. We love music. Yeah. Uh, wanted to move in that direction, but also we're like, danger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> danger. It's hard. A lot of bruises there. Yeah. So a lot of people say that LinkedIn will be disrupted by um, basically just be unbundled, but there, will, there won't be like 
another LinkedIn. Um, it'll just be like you know specific LinkedIn for the you know, GitHub and different verticals. Do we think that Reddit is sort of going that way too, um, or will there be something different? And I, I a couple of years ago, a few people, early employees, left Reddit, started this new thing called Ipsy or something. I don't know if you yeah, guys saw that. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to make a positive Reddit. And it, it didn't work out because it's, it's, it's tough. Um, Turns out negativity is a pretty core part of the culture. Well, it's funny. I'm asking that question because with On Deck Daily, we're also looking at, at Hacker News. And we're like, we're going to be Hacker News, but positive or, you know, but, yeah. and different. And you know, take some elements of what made products on so successful. But it's hard. Yeah. You know, these, these things are uh, hard to, you know, unlock. You know, people have built behaviors around going to these communities. And it's, it's hard. So I'm curious how you... And maybe we should be thinking about it just for crypto or like just for one specific use case yeah. as opposed to all of tech. Um, what do you guys think? What's your advice for on deck daily? That's basically <laughs> what I'm asking you. <laughs> I, I think a lot about identity. And so you can, you can, if, if you can identify an identity that people have that isn't being served by a community, you have a really good opportunity to build a community. Say more about that. I think, give an example. I think. Humans seek safety, right? Like it's it all comes down to safety. And when when we're actually like the way we evolved was to form groups because literally it brought us more safety. If a bear came or yeah. if another tribe attacked or something happened, if you're in a group, you had a better chance of survival. And so we evolved over time to seek these groups to find safety. That's why when you go to a party and you don't know anyone you feel uncomfortable. And the first thing you try to do is like meet someone and try to like form some relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Or if your friends are there, you end up just gluing to those people because being alone, being isolated actually creates pain and stress for people. And so, and we all have these identities and our identities are becoming increasingly complex because of social media and, and you can partake in all these communities. And so, there may be an identity. So say I'm on Reddit and I identify as a Redditor, member of Reddit, but there's like something about my identity that I don't feel safe um, bringing to that community. Or like I, it's a unique identity I have that I can't really connect with other people about it. There's not a space for that. And then, and then someone came on and said like, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm creating this community for, People who, you know, want to have these conversations but be positive, for right. example, like, is that something you'd be interested in? Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's actually something that I've wanted to connect around. Right. Even if I didn't know it, right? It mm. may not be this literal, right. but um, you're, you're creating a space for people to express that identity safely and specifically, right? The specificity of it is interesting mm-hmm. because, uh, like, say you're just interested in blockchain products like maybe product hunt is too broad but if someone started one just for blockchain it's specific enough that i can ask questions there that i couldn't ask in the general product hunt community Um, i have like a uh, an illustration of that there's this this product is they've been somewhat quiet but it's called huddle mm. and today what you see is a lot of people go to reddit and other forums on the internet to talk about their challenges uh so whether it's eating disorders relationship challenges whatnot like all the things their deepest darkest secrets and you know, some people do go to Reddit for that, but it's not necessarily the best place or designed for that type of bond among people. So Huddle is is unique in that it uses pixelated videos for you to authentically share and like with your voice and through video all of these secrets. And like you can't necessarily do you're not going to do that on Facebook, you're not going to do it on LinkedIn, uh, you're not going to do that in a lot of other platforms. So they're trying to create this safe 
to your point, Spinks, about like a safe home for people to share and bond around these things mm-hmm. and then find other people that are also having issues with relationships or, or other challenges. Yeah. And, and like, I want to clarify too, because like when I say safety, some people might think like, Oh, you're just talking about like that emotional fluffy stuff. Right. talking about like VC back businesses. It's like, it, it's still safety when um, you join a group and you don't know how to participate. Right. Or like you want to say something, but the culture, you know that it doesn't really fit here. Right. Right. So you no longer feel safe expressing that identity. And that could be Reddit or Twitch or any any platform, any community, right? right? Facebook, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and so, your original question: Will LinkedIn be? Um, you know, will people take over specific parts of LinkedIn or Reddit? Uh, one, we already established you can't replicate the right. community or the network, so yep. no, you can't do that. But yep. what will happen, I think, is people will either replicate specific pieces of that technology that yep. can be optimized. Or they will create spaces where uh, people can participate in a way, either on a topic or a level of of safety or whatever it is that makes it unique and that you can participate in these spaces in a way that you can't on LinkedIn or Reddit or Facebook. Or- right. And it's interesting because if you are trying to build a, a big business that is community driven, you're trying to thread the needle between build an early community that you know people around a specific identity around a niche are very passionate about, but also design the community in a way that allows for other, you know, other communities to, to form around it. If you look at a company, Greg Eisenberg, one of our good friends, mm-hmm. building islands, right? Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, messaging somewhat utility, but because it's like, you know, location based, he, he's really got to tap into communities. And quick side note, you were mentioning positivity for a second. When we talk about positivity, sometimes what we're talking about is just like not a ton of negativity, like not so much trolling <laughs> that you can't even ex- like. You look at secret, right? Mm-hmm. Like these location-based things, these like you know an- anonymous or pseudonymous. These things are hard, mm-hmm. um, and hard. so when we say positive, we just mean like not so trolling that you have to leave. And you know, yeah, and positive doesn't even mean like right. you're like yeah, you're awesome. No, you're awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just like being able to not be attacked. Right? right. Yeah, that's, that's what we're <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. that's the table bar. stakes. <laughs> yeah. Unless that's your thing. If, right. if, if you want to go to a place to get attacked, there's yes. probably a market for that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, there, and, I mean, yeah. and there are uh, uh, there are communities where like yeah. people enjoy just trolling each other. Oh yeah. I mean, 4chan is, is I, a I mean, that. Reddit just made a huge, huge update to the platform where they're yeah, banning all – well, they changed their definition of violence right. in their posts um, to say, like, it's not just, like, actual, like, directing violence but, like, celebrating violence right. and mm-hmm. all these other things. And they just started banning wow. a lot of these communities that for a long time considered it a safe <laughs> place. Like, you can be safe in a place and still be extremely negative, right. hurtful – yeah. Right, like I like my example. The Nazis were a very healthy community. <laughs> right. Like had a shared identity, oh, shared yeah. symbols, totally. like rituals, routines, yeah. like common sense of purpose. Right, like all these things yeah. that like go into a healthy community. They had it in spades. <laughs> yeah. Now the impact of that community right. wasn't super positive, and that's like that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's the outward impact, the effect that your community has on the people right. and society outside of it. And we'll get to that on high level, but just to narrow in on islands. Messaging uh, Slack for colleges. I guess college is the community they're trying to start with. What would be your yeah. advice for for islands? How do well, you, interestingly you enough, they didn't start with colleges. I got inside baseball on on Greg's plan. Yeah, like, start. Well, he just yeah. he was creating a community platform, looking to right. you know build in consumer tech. Yeah. And as someone who knows it well, he, yep. he you know 
he knew that you basically can start broad. This yeah. is approach you start broad and see where it starts to resonate. Yes. And I think he just saw a lot of traction right. with colleges. It was making sense. He said, "Great, let's really lean into that and build the experience around that." So that's that's like yeah. you could go from like broad and hone in, or you start really really specific. And right. Broad. So let's say let's say let's say he gets colleges to work. That's yeah, and he's already got some really great traction on. Where do you? How do you go from there? I mean, like Ryan's point, like colleges is a pretty big yeah, market yeah, yeah. on totally. its own. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, that's probably good right. for a long time. But what do you think about the yik yak secret? Like, what do you think about? And Greg is, is not; it's different. But how do you think about? Could it? Will there be another yik? Will there be something that works that's in the pseudo anonymous space? You know, I I want someone to take another crack at secrets mission and what yeah. they were trying to do. I, I think they're the execution. Obviously, had a lot of negativity and like a lot of hateful things were said on that platform, but the underlying motivation and the goal of secret was really create a a place where people could talk freely and openly and honestly. And you can't really do that on Twitter. Like I censor myself to some degree all the time because I just don't want the stress of someone hating on me. And I I have thin skin sometimes I get, I get a little, I'm a little sensitive. So, uh, so I think there's an opportunity. I know there's an opportunity in building something like that. I just don't, I have no idea what the answer is in terms of how do you manufacture uh, a product and design that can facilitate honesty, but also avoid the negativity and things that come with that. I think we've been pretty naive in this internet tech world bubble that we're all in, in that like this whole idea of like, we can just create open platforms and like, you know, you can be open about anything and say whatever you want. Like for a while that made sense until like all of society is now on the platforms and it turns out is just a image of our offline worlds and right. habits and beliefs and opinions. And consider that a lot of people were never connected to each other before and were right. living in local bubbles and now have a microphone to everybody in the world. Right. And historically, when you put a group of people together and you have absolutely no rules or law, it doesn't end well. Right. It generally goes in the direction of chaos. And there's a reason that, like, over years, the way we've evolved our society is, like, legal systems, governments, structure. Like, law is just our way of being able to coexist in really large societies. Because, like, if we didn't have a law against killing each other, like, this whole thing we've made up here wouldn't work. Yeah. And I think we're learning that right now on the internet. Yeah. Which is, like, if you just create these open spaces and say, go ahead, humans, like – Make it whatever you want. There's a direction it can tend to go in. So let, let me ask you: if, if Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey said, "Hey, Dave, you, you got great hair. You got great community <laughs> understanding. I want to take a day Stop with you it. and really understand what what I should do." What would you advise Facebook and Twitter, respectively? Uh, so I'm a little limited actually in what I could say because Facebook is actually a client, okay. and we're actually doing this. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, but I, I think it's it's. Like when you look at managing a community, obviously the scale that it's in, that they're working in is different from a smaller community. But when you look at ways that you can encourage or direct behavior, you know, you have, you have culture and you have rules, right? Like culture says like, here's what we believe, here are the standards, the values we have. And many times it's kind of self-policing in a way. So it's more proactive. It's like, if you're here... We're, we're going to motivate you to right. act in these ways. And then there's a the reactive, which is yeah. uh, the the rules, the repercussions, the laws that say like, all right, you're here. 
uh, and you might still be motivated to do these wrong things. So here, here are the rules and the laws that we laid down. Um, and here are the repercussions for it. And we're going to be consistent about it. Um, and I mean, it's hard, right? Like Reddit in this new rule even added like a caveat that was like, uh, context matters right. like we are going to use mm-hmm. our best judgment yep and even in our legal system you still go to right. court and it ends up going to judges or a jury and they yep. use their judgment to say you are guilty or not like at the end we don't know right you know if oj did it or not <laughs> we know <laughs> we might know but right. yeah so right. like there's ambiguity in these systems always but having a line of what what what's right and what's wrong what are your morals on this platform what are the what's our agreement on this platform as a community and then here's the process that we go through in order to enforce that is important but i think a lot of companies just still have not drawn that moral line so i find obviously icos crypto is is bubbling and and there's a lot of activity and skepticism and and everything in between uh those are largely community-based platforms like these are are successful because there's a community of people that are using it and finding value and and in many ways forking it and so on. So it's, a, it's this chaotic world that is started that's very nascent and evolving. And going to your point earlier about, you know, government laws and things like that are built so that we can coexist as like a human species. Mm. In the world of cryptocurrencies, it's it's like chaos, like anarchy in some ways. <laughs> I, I don't have a question for this. I'm just kind of raising it. It's like, I don't, what, is, what does that mean for communities in a world where there is no boss, there's no yeah. company making the rules. In some senses, there's no identity, right? Because you could be anonymous. It could be, you know. You know yeah. 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 Blockchain's crazy. That's like <laughs> a whole other level that, like, in some ways, I'm extremely excited about. Right. And in other ways, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> We're really doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happens there. Like, I think there's interesting things with, well, on identity, there's actually benefits because, um, you can like blockchain is actually a way that we might be able to find a trust standard across yep. all networks yep. because you know you, your identity while maybe anonymous can be consistent yep. mm-hmm. and 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 can be tracked across right. all these different places um, and so identity is super interesting social networks are interesting in that you can have them without it being run by a facebook or any right. organization you can have like a completely decentralized network yep and it doesn't have to be ad driven Exactly. It doesn't have to be at all. Um, But what does that do to culture and like how do people form structure Mm -hmm. around these things? I don't know. Yeah, I I watched a documentary on Silk Road uh, recently. It's on YouTube if you search for it. It's it's pretty fascinating. And, you know, it was very clear that the, I'm forgetting the, the creator of Silk Road's name, but he was on a mission and he created a community, a really, really strong community of people who really believed in the freedom of being able to purchase and buy anything, like any kind of drug you, you can imagine. Um, and that that created, you could argue, a lot of negativity and a lot of uh, bad things, like kids you know, buying meth and everything and overdosing, and who knows what happened actually through Silk Road. But that was a platform that was enabled, like this new technology enabled that community to assemble, and that was never really possible <laughs> through, yeah. through cryptocurrencies and anonymous like darknet networks um it's kind of interesting to think about how technology can enable actually really negative potentially really negative communities to form over time yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's i'm interesting. like we don't even understand like people describe blockchain as like the next internet yeah. in the same way that like before the internet 
like we didn't have the context to wrap right. our head around what the applications of yes. the internet were. Right. And and I think we're we're kind of there with this idea that like if everything were to become completely decentralized, yes. we it's hard to even have a conversation yes. <laughs> around that reality. Right. One you know you've. Uh, thought a bit about uh, religion and communities and sort of the decline of religion. You, yeah. you sort of look like Jesus. So, I do so. <laughs> um, I'm curious just for your take on as you know, we get more and more digital, more and more abstracted from 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 reality, how, how are you sort of thinking about where people make meaning in, in communities? Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Um, so there's a ton of data that religion is on the decline, uh, especially in like millennial generation and younger uh, less and less people identify as religious, less and less people are turning to religion. Um, there are less and less people planning on raising their kids right. with religion. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting. Uh, have you ever read, uh, you, you read Sapiens? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you read it yet? I haven't, no. Oh, yeah, you're not a book guy. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, but uh, in, in Sapiens, he basically breaks it down into, like, frames of right. community. And so, you know, in the early days, we had our family, like, yep. our intimate, um, immediate circle, uh, our extended family. Yep. Um, and then I think, like, we developed these new frames throughout the Industrial Revolution. And as society developed, we developed the states and the governments and, you know, neighborhoods changed. Yep. And now we're in this digital age where our frame of community are these, like, overlapping networks right. and and you're like highly connected to everybody but at like a surface level yeah um and yeah i don't know i think we're we're lacking depth today yeah um we're lacking depth in our individual relationships uh, we're lacking depth in our communities um and so i i think like if you look at it as a pendulum and like we've moved towards this direction of breadth of like more content more people more networks what i think i'm starting to see now is just swing back to people seeking out more depth. Yep. Uh, people are turning from instead of Facebook as a whole to like groups or right. instead of like large platforms to messenger threads or they're seeking things through like CrossFit or, yep. you know, any sort of local community programs they can. People are seeking a deeper connection, deeper communities. Yeah. Do you think that's part of the rise of just messaging in general? I mean, messaging is, is where people spend a majority of, like think of the apps that you use most. It's their messaging apps ultimately, whether it's WhatsApp or messenger or, you know, even Snapchat and others, a lot of the behavior is like communicating with either one-on-one or a small group of people. I'm a part of a bunch of different groups and uh, like one of them is a telegram group with a bunch of tech people. And it's been going on for four or five years. Yeah. Same people, yeah. about 60 of us. Wow. And we sort of have this own culture in yeah. this group. Uh, it's a little bit trolly, but it's it's like a safe place to troll each yeah. other. And um, and it's a place where I kind of like a home almost to like yeah. talk about things that maybe I wouldn't talk about on, on Twitter because it's it's a, you yeah. know, this bond that we kind of created. Super, yeah, I have like a few of those just like threads that started at some point. And I have like, like my friend groups are basically separated by these like messenger threads yeah. or these different things. Um, I definitely think that aligns well, right? Like when Facebook started, it was like cool, like. You know, you'd connect with the people who were on Facebook, which at that time was like a specific kind of person, either a college or, you know, people who are pretty plugged in. Now it's everybody. And like I have friends that I'm like, how did I meet these people? You have no idea. It's just like such a loose connection now that's no longer super relevant on your day to day life. And so now you're you're seeking these more specific uh, discussions that are relevant to you. And I think it does align with people seeking deeper community. 
the interesting thing with religion is it's people go to religion not just like it exists not just for the sense of community. I think yep. that's like what made it thrive and a huge part of it. But it was like a moral code. Right. It was a way to raise your kids. And like if you're a parent, you're raising a kid and you want to give them like a set of rules. Yep. It gave you those rules and it and it wasn't coming from you, it's coming from God right. or the scripture or the Torah. Right. So or what are the rules of how to be a person on the internet? <laughs> we, do, we don't have right. that. Like right. new generations aren't going to have this right. outside guide of here are the rules to live by. Here's yep. how to be a good person. Here's a large community of people who are all bought into those rules yep. as well. And if you do this well, they're going to like make you feel really yep. good and important. Like the entire ecosystem of religion served a lot of purposes um, in raising kids and, and how we treat each other. We're, we're not going to have that in, right. in the next few generations. And where are they learning their morals and their values? On Instagram. <laughs> right. It's, right? It's, probably, it's more interest-driven, right? It's like you love products. You love building products. You love talking about products. You can believe whatever you want to believe about other stuff, but mm-hmm. you share this common interest. And then you might love you know, something else. You know, And it's just sort of a hodgepodge of different passions yeah. and interests. And that's going to have a pretty extreme effect on yep. society and the individual. And like loneliness rates are at an all-time high as yep. well. Like the APA just said that social connection needs to be a health focus of yep. of the U.S. Like it's it, it's a larger cause of death than like obesity and smoking. Right. Just like loneliness. Isn't that ironic? Because we're more connected than ever. Yeah. On a shallow level. But that yeah. depth that we need yeah. isn't there anymore. Is that synonymous with in person or can it also be? It's a good question. I don't think you can ever fully replicate the depth of in person online. But there are things you can do online right. by... You know, making it private, making it secure, right. making like like us sitting in this room is you know if, if we weren't recording this, we'd feel right. pretty safe, right? Yep. I don't know. We're at Angel List. There's probably yeah. other things listening to us, but <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes there's the little dogs. You got to watch out. Little, yeah. dogs little dogs might have a little microphone. But what if we were at our own houses and in VR, and it just sort of looked like we were all? So VR is interesting, right? right? Like I think VR might like bring a full circle yeah. to the extent that you can be online but still feel yeah. and like experience each other in the same in some of the same ways yeah. that you can in person. Mm-hmm. It's like have you, I don't know if you read Ready Player One. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's like the whole world goes into the Oasis, which right. is you know our self-made matrix. Yeah. It's like our digital world, our mm-hmm. second life. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Second Life took off to the point that everybody was on it. You yeah. went to school on there, you went to work on right. there, and just that's yeah. where you existed. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Right. He he actually has a full suit, so you can like feel right. and touch and smells and like obviously it gets ridiculous, but uh. Uh, there, you can. You, there's technology is going to help us get closer and closer. Um, but I mean, again, it comes back to safety, right. and you feel more safe when you're in a room together. That um, that what you're saying isn't going to be shared, right? Um, or not recorded. Uh, you can be open. I can see your right. face and your mouth and your body, and I can see how you're reacting to me and whether yep. or not you're really listening to me. Yep. Right. Like if I'm looking at you on the chat, like I always think about this. Like on Zoom, I'm looking at you but the camera's looking at me so you literally just like <laughs> yeah. off eye contact a little right. bit and like even that subtle thing can really yeah the uh last thing i want to close off is more of a narrowing on what makes a great community and i want to look at it in the lens of uh lens of vc village is a is a vc firm we're trying to think about how we can create exceptional community so i want to think about ask you guys what makes yc an exceptional community um if you accept that premise versus the other, you know, thousand accelerators that exist or 
what makes first round an exceptional community versus the other thousands of seed funds that exist? Yeah, I think maybe with YC in particular, I mean, they, one, they've pioneered in many ways tech accelerators and it's, you know, regarded as the generally the number one accelerator out there. A lot of people apply to YC above everything else. And so there's some prestige that they already have. They have a brand. So brand and communities go hand in hand too, in which once you become a part of essentially the club, just like if you were, you know, at Stanford or went to some premier Ivy League college, you now identify and take pride in, I was selected, I made it past, you know, these other thousands of companies that applied this batch. And so there's, there's an element there of pride and, 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 and whatnot that comes from people like, who are I'm part awesome. of it. You're awesome too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and YC actually does have an interesting culture in that while it has, every batch is now 100, 150 companies. It's a lot of people. Yeah. It's still, in my mind, I still see this, this kind of, uh, this bond between batch right. mates, even if they're not in the same batch, of course, where, yeah. you know, I, I got an email from a YC company the other day and, uh, and this happens often where, they're basically pitching me. They're cold emailing yeah, me. Totally. But because they're a YC company, I feel some of an obligation to help them more. Yeah. It's a weird kind of dynamic. That they, they Could they do that if they were 500 companies a batch or 1,000? Like at what point does it break, if at all? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a number necessarily, but more of it might be an individual basis. Right. For me, my number or, or if I got one of those every day, of yeah. course, I would start to ignore it. But, um, you know, I think it's part of the brand and, and the culture that they've they facilitate. I mean, even during YC in the beginning, they say, you know, YC is partly we're, we're here to help each other. So like right. we encourage you to help each other uh, because by helping others, like do unto you as you'd have done unto yourself. Right. <laughs> Same kind of culture. The cultural value of like paying it forward. Exactly. There's a, that's a good way of putting it. It's a Silicon Valley kind of cultural right. meme. Um, certainly something that YC has embraced and encouraged as well. What do you think, Dave? YC first round, just in the event, like what makes certain you know, portfolios feel like, Hey, well, I'm part of this versus, you know, yeah, I mean, right I think uh, I think the first thing that would have said is what Ryan described. It's just like the quality, right? It's like right. they're well known. The quality of companies knowing how hard it is to get in. Right. So, like in community psychology, you call that barriers to entry. Right. So if the barriers to entry are really high. The same way, like if you're a marine and you like, right. you know, made it yeah. through the process to get to that point. Right. That creates a much stronger bond amongst people than if it was just like open door. Anyone yep. who wants to come in, come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the pay it forward, it's great to hear that's part of the culture. Uh, I also think it's just if if you get value from a community, yeah. you feel uh, obligation to give right. back. Um, a good example is like Duolingo. Actually, all their all of their language learning courses now are developed by their community, and almost all of the people who contribute started as a learner, right. got value from this community for free, mm-hmm. and then said like, "I want to be able to give back." You've written about how great communities are about value and values, mm-hmm. right? So sharing, you know, we share this passion, this interest, or this belief that the world should be this way, but then also, hey, we get something that improves our lives, and that we want to. Yeah, it helped me, and we see it in CMX all the time. It's like people say, like, you know, I I was lost, and I got help from this community. It's incredible, and those are the people who end up wanting to, you know, volunteer or host events or, you know, help. they come back and help other members all the time. So I think the best way to build, you know, this highly engaging community is to make sure that every person is getting a lot of value out of it because that's going to make them feel compelled to want to give back. So if you guys were trying to disrupt, and YC calls itself the university, so in the same way, if you guys were trying to disrupt a Stanford or Harvard or disrupt a, a YC, how, how would you guys 
strategize that from first principles? What makes it? Hmm. It kind of goes back to some of the things around how would you create a, how would you compete against Reddit, for example? Right. So there's different lenses that you could look at. You could focus, like yeah. Speaks was saying, like on cryptocurrency. Maybe yep. you build a Reddit for cryptocurrency. Maybe you build a YC just for cryptocurrency related right. companies. And we see different accelerators like Techstars has various permutations focused on specific verticals like yeah. Music uh, Accelerator, for example. Um, they have a number of others I, I can't think of right now. There's even like Highway, what is the name of Highway it? Highway 1. Highway 1, hardware-focused. Uh, hardware um, yeah. And so they're able to compete in this vast world of like accelerators by focusing and building a community and expertise in that right. specific vertical, which could over time expand. It's kind of like the wedge model, like you target a specific wedge and like a place where you can right. get a foothold in the market and expand from there. Um, I don't have any brilliant ideas. If I did, I probably wouldn't share them right. <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. But you know that that's one area to explore is just focusing on a specific audience or a community. Right. It seems a common theme of owning a niche and expanding from there. But how do you make sure you really own that niche? So if someone came to you and we've had people who say, hey, I'm building product for music or product for games, mm-hmm. you want, one of the principles you have is make it look like it's always... It's always like it's always growing. Always growing, yeah. Uh, yeah. And a lot of these communities, you hear early stories of you know Reddit fake users or you know <laughs> people like made it look Astro like Astro Turf. Yeah. They call yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, how do you make sure you're owning that niche? Like, what what needs to be true for you to for someone to feel like they're they're owning that? that I think yeah. I think it depends on the what vertical you're going after. Let's let's use the cryptocurrency example. Yep. Um, for that, what I would do is first get really high profile, notable cryptocurrency experts yep. on board. And influencers. Influencers, exactly. And that's how product in the beginning, to some extent, had a lot of well-known VCs and founders and people in tech. So yeah. it was a place where others were like, I know this person, I respect their opinion, I want to be a part of it too. So it's certainly focus on getting those people on board, which will build, not only attract people, but also build legitimacy. Because when you're in the beginning days, like how do you how do you compete with YC when they've had 10 plus years right. of like existence when you're just like this brand new accelerator? Uh, so it'd be, that'd be certainly part of it. And I don't know, it's it's... What do you think, Spinks? I think like one thing you did really well with product on early on was you got you got these well-known people who were like big names. And a lot of communities can do that, right? You can always get someone to do yep. a chat or yep. a talk or an interview. But they felt like they were truly engaged right. in your community. And the other people that you brought in maybe weren't as big of a name, but they were like legit, right? Yep. They were working on legitimate things. They were thoughtful. They weren't there just to like for the shallow stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so you cre- you were able to create a culture where the people who were big names trusted that if you were bringing them together with other people, even if those other people weren't big names, that it wasn't people who were just going to like pitch them on their startups all day or like just right. try to get as much value out of them, but they're thoughtful, mm-hmm. good conversations. And so there's something about like you can play the card of getting these big names, but like the next level of that is actually creating a space where those people want to be there mm-hmm. and the people you're also bringing in are are also quality in a way. Um, and, and so they want to continue to engage. They want to help each other. It's not just like you're dangling this high-profile person in front of everyone. And mm-hmm. it solved a – it was utility, right? Like it solved a real you know, problem for me, which is how do I you know get traffic for, for, yeah. for my product? And yeah. It, Built on existing behavior, people like to promote stuff they build, mm-hmm. and people like to support other people in promoting stuff that they build. Mm-hmm. One one thing that I thought of when you're asking about like um, disrupting those yep. models, so like indie VC comes to mind yeah. a little bit, yep. and that that resonates with me personally a lot. So indie right. VC is basically saying, 
hey, this whole VC model yep. is broken. Yep. Uh, there's probably millions of companies that would be thriving and exist today if they weren't held to the standard of having to become a unicorn. Right. And instead of saying, hey, you have to become worth a billion dollars as quickly as possible, it said, hey, uh, why don't you focus on a revenue-driven business? Right. We'll give you the capital you need to like sustain yourself while you build it up. And you're but- in control of your own destiny. You're in control of your own destiny. You don't have to have a major exit. In fact, our entire model is built so that you never have to exit if yeah. you don't want to. Uh, you don't have to rush. You don't have to be massive. Um, and and so they're building this entire brand. And yeah. like I, I've talked to Bryce about it, like the identity they're building yeah. around it, the titles, the language, the way they're talking about it. Um, it's it's that identity. And like as I'm a bootstrap founder. Yeah. And I felt that pain, that isolation of being in Silicon Valley surrounded by people raising millions right. of dollars. And here I am just bootstrapping over four years, Not like even doing an hiring our fourth employee. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. super exciting growth, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so like just seeing someone give a name to that and yeah. a space for that and say like, this is important and, and cool and, and actually a smart thing to do. You're not a yeah. complete idiot. Yeah. Uh, has been extremely empowering. Has made me want to like participate right. and get involved and support it. Um, that's what we did with CMX when we started. When we started CMX, community, like professional community builders, a community industry, those words didn't exist. Right. It was just people who built community companies that were at the bottom of the barrel yeah. and not paid a lot and <laughs> looked at as like these entry-level right. positions. And we came in and said, you're important. Yep. You're valuable. The work you're doing is only going to grow in demand. This is an industry. There's mm-hmm. a career path. And we're all going to work together to shape what it looks like. And you guys so, have spent the last four years legitimizing that. Yeah. And it's, it's been incredibly empowering for yep. people. And now it's cool to see people who came to like the first event or who've been with us for years now are in senior level roles yes. and building teams and training other people and using the language that we all work together to craft. Totally. On, on that note. Guys, this has been fantastic. I can talk to communities all day. Thank you for joining the Village we Podcast. Could probably do this for a long time. Yes, I know. I know. This is right. fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks.